Hello and welcome to Setting the Screen. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And you know what? We actually launched Tristan into space this week, so he's not going to be with us. Um, we did. He he's just he's just floating out there. So yeah, uh, there is this whole incident of him being overrun by like these like nanobot things and becoming this kind of like Terminator esque um, thing. Uh, so we just kind of launched him into space. Um, but yeah, uh, the three of us are here and we're talking about a movie. Um, if you can even call it that, it's a movie, it's a movie, whether or not it's like worthy of being like watched or like should be honestly, honestly, when watching this movie, I'm just kind of concerned, you know, not necessarily for the characters, but you know, for, for humanity, for, for humanity as a whole. Understandable. Because uh, one thing I learned from this movie is that even though hockey gets outlawed uh, in the future in 2024, in three years, in three right, years, in three years from it, now, uh, listeners, to this movie, listeners, will if be you're outlawed. listeners, if you're a fan of hockey or the NHL, go on right. and go on and get up, get get as much of it as you can, because in three years, outlawed, mm-hmm. straight up outlawed. But what isn't outlawed is a whole lot of misogyny. And in fact, according to this movie, it's just going to run rampant and it's going to be gross. Anyway, Doug, what did we watch this week? I mean, it was, I mean, it was, to be fair, it was gross. Uh, it's gross now. It was gross before. I mean, you're right. Uh, but yeah. I, I guess I just have hope for this, the future that things will be better. And this movie doesn't paint a nice picture of the future in that respect. See, see, here's the thing, Ben. I watched Dear Evan Hansen this past week, and I've just accepted the fact that everyone is terrible. Like, like we just as people are just incapable of being actually good. Um, that's that's what I got out of Dear Evan Hansen, listeners. Um, but uh, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about an equally horrifying movie, Jason X. I mean, Jason uh, X, Dear Evan Hansen, pretty much the same. Same tomato, plot. tomato. Um, this is a movie that came out in 2000. Okay, so if you look on IMDb, it says it came out in 2001, but its release date was in 2002 because movies be like that sometimes, they be like that. Uh, this is a movie that so, stars, yeah, I think Kane I remember Hodder. seeing this, uh, having gone through production hell, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a movie that stars Kane Hodder as the titular Jason. Uh, and a bunch of other folks, and David Cronenberg's in it. Um, I, I would tell you more actors, but honestly, those are the only two that actually matter uh, in this in this whole movie. Uh, this movie was directed by a Mr. James Isaac. Uh, this movie was made for a budget of $11 million, and its box office was $17.1 million because, listeners, I don't know if you knew this, Friday the 13th films always turn a profit they always turn a profit um ratings wise this movie has a <laughs> i just gotta tell y'all the spread on this movie is great i love it um this movie has a 19 percent on rotten tomatoes a 2.2 out of 5 on letterboxd a 4.4 out of 10 on imdb and a 75 percent on our good friend google Ah, uh, yes, but Common Sense Media. There it is. Um, has this hit uh, 
two stars out of five. Two stars out of five. And actually, actually, uh, someone vamp for me for just a second because there's actually a review that I need to read uh, for okay. this for this movie. Okay. Uh, so um, specifically looking at this uh, uh, Common Sense Media page, uh, which apparently only gives you so many free reviews before they make you pay for it, which is kind of dumb. Uh, I've got one left. Uh, this another month, reason why. Another reason why we don't like them. Yeah. Um, but uh, that two-star review is for uh, age 17 and up. Uh, kids say age 16 and up, four stars out of five. So take that for what it's worth. Mm. All right. Well, well, friends, our good friend, uh, the, the dearly departed, Mr. Roger Ebert, the great film critic, he summed up this movie, I think, the best. Okay, this is his opening review. It says, This sucks on so many levels. Dialogue from Jason X. It's rare for a movie to so frankly describe <clears throat> itself. For Jason X does, in fact, suck on the levels of storytelling, character development, suspense, special effects, originality, punctuation, neatness, and aptness of thought. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Roger. What a guy. Uh, I was reading on the IMDb trivia. This movie is actually on his most hated list. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I do <laughs> not doubt it. He got him um, for the punctuation. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so listeners, if you don't know, Jason X is the 10th film in the widely renowned Friday the 13th franchise. Um, it is the ninth movie to actually star the character of Jason Voorhees. Actually, excuse me, it's the eighth movie to star the character of Jason Voorhees because Friday the 13th, part one, Jason's not in it. Friday the 13th, part five, Jason is not in it. This is in part five. Uh, there is a random guy named Roy Barnes who takes up the mantle of Jason Voorhees. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's, so I know the first weird, one man. was his mom, which they actually wanted to bring back for this one. Um, yeah. But... She said Betsy no. Palmer was uh, done with that crap. Yeah, she said no. So, so this movie is really interesting because before this, I don't know if uh, interesting is the right word, but go ahead. Well, desperate. We'll go with desperate because I think that's works. better. Um, so, so this movie came out in two thousand one, two thousand two, however you want to look at it. Um, Early and 2000s. what's the early 2000s. And what's interesting about that, my friends, is that prior to prior to that, uh, you could expect a Friday the 13th movie just about every year, every two to three years, something like that. Um, but the last movie before this uh, came out a stunning eight years before this movie. Uh, the, uh, the last Friday the 13th movie to come out was Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, which is Friday the 13th Part 9. And uh, you might be sitting there thinking, well, well, Doug, why? Just just why? Why is this movie here? Well, you see, uh, the uh, the Friday the 13th uh, license had been purchased by a little company called New Line Cinema, who owned another horror icon by the name of Freddy Krueger. And uh, because they own Freddy and... Huh? Never heard of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you see, because they own Dear Frederick and Dear Jason, they said, why don't we pit these two against each other in a, uh, in a sort of battle royale? 
So for eight years, they were trying to make the movie Frey versus Jason. And after eight years, they were like, okay, no one's as hyped about this as they were. So we're just going to put out something. We're just going to put out a movie and hopefully people will be interested in it. Well, boys, I know that I'm the only one who's seen this movie before. And I think it's so stupid, so dumb. But goodness, is it is it entertaining? Um, what what's y'all's experience with the Friday the Thirteenth uh, film verse? Uh, and uh, I know the answer to this, but have either of y'all seen this movie before? Uh, so the answer to your first question, uh, I've never seen any of the uh, Jason Voorhees movies. The answer to your second question, no, I've never seen this movie. Perhaps I should have answered those in reverse order, but. Uh... Before today, I was uh, mightily indifferent about ever watching a Friday the 13th movie. And after today, I am strongly opposed. <laughs> so I support so, that. So I'll be real with y'all. I have, let's say, I've watched Friday the 13th, part one, three, four, and th- this one and Frey versus Jason. And I know what I don't care about watching them. Okay. Um, but uh, but I I gotta tell y'all, Friday the 13th is the one. So in in horror, there's sort of there's sort of this uh this general big three uh that you look at for horror. Uh and the big three are usually Friday the thirteenth. Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, you know, these horror franchises, they're insanely popular that make a lot of money that have been just just going on for way too long. And I got to tell y'all, Friday the 13th is the one of those of those big three that I'm just. I'm just really I just really struggle with because I do not get why. I don't get why it's such a big thing. I've I've never yeah, understood yeah. the appeal of Friday the 13th because it also, is real quick. Uh, do you mind if I interrupt yeah. you? Um, yeah, we, go ahead. Can we try and like, I guess, specify this group more? Because I wouldn't say this is like the big three of all horror. Uh, I think it's a more specific subset of horror. Maybe big three of like slasher films. Well, yeah, it's the big three slasher films, but these are, but it's also the big three in terms of like the big franchises. Okay. Like it's, it's the franchise movies. Okay. Um, it's, it's the movies that, you know, became a really like a huge part of pop culture. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I've, I've tried with Friday the 13th, but I just do not, I don't. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I this is this is how much of an effort I've tried to put into to liking Friday the Thirteenth. There's a documentary called Crystal Lake Memories: The Complete History of Friday the Thirteenth came out in 2013. It is a seven hour documentary, and I have watched it, and I just I I still don't get it. I don't get why it's such a big deal. It is the sleaziest movie series I've ever seen. And that's saying something, because I've seen some piece of crap movies. So I, I guess my question then is, why are movies like this still so popular? Like, I don't know if popular is the right word, but like, how did we get here? I mean, I think, 
Why do we have Jason so, X? So I'll tell you about another great documentary that I watched um, called uh, uh, Into Darkness. Uh, I forget what the subtitle is, but it's an entire documentary about 80s horror films. And it talks about, you know, why is it that things like Slumber Party Massacre or Friday the 13th come out? And these are insanely like sleazy, uh, like softcore porn movies. Mm -hmm. Why are they so popular? And their sort of justification is that, you know, in the 80s, it was this huge wave of conservatism that was moving about. And because of that, you had a lot of people who like, you know, you had you had feelings of like repressed sexuality, things of that nature, uh, especially coming out of the roaring seventies, where you know it was the the free love movement, you know, uh, uh, the the hippie flower child movement, which I guess that's more of the sixties. But but you get what I'm saying. Um, going into this very strict conservative era of the eighties, so a lot of people find that movies like Friday the 13th or um, or uh, Slumber Party Massacre. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, or there's there's one like a Silent Night, Deadly Night. These just really sleazy horror movies that like, you know, horny teens get uh, get to one location. They have sex. They die in gruesome ways. So there's a theory that a lot of that comes out of this sort of repressed sense of like sexuality and this repressed like um id i think that's the right psychological term uh me personally i think it's just because uh i think it's because i don't know i think it's because trash sells sure does i mean i, I think you hit the nail on the head i mean it, it's trash and I mean, when I'm watching movies, I I, I don't want to watch that. Like, I, I'm but, I'm not gonna sit here and tell other people what to watch, but quite frankly, that's I have no interest in watching it. But but here's what's interesting because my biggest thing is I don't get how this franchise became as big as it did because you look at something like like Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, granted, granted, we only have discussed the first movie on this podcast. But that's not really a sleazy movie. Can can we all agree that that's not a sleazy like? That's not trash. Can can we all agree on, on that? Street? Yeah. 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 I mean, I I kind of enjoyed Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and I am not a horror fan, and definitely not like a slasher person. But uh, I found Nightmare on Elm Street really interesting, and it's it, you know for what it was. Yeah. And, and another one of those big franchises, Halloween, you know, it's not, there are not really great movies in the Halloween franchise, but it too is also not really that sleazy. Like, like there's not that much gratuitous nudity. The first Halloween movie, there's no blood outside of the first five minutes. After that, it's just like all, uh, what is the word, uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, it's like inferred or like insinuated. Implied. Violence. Implied, thank you. It's it's all implied violence. You don't see it. Friday the 13th, though, it is about blood, gore, breasts, and that's it. 
Yeah, we saw a lot of that. <laughs> oh, we did. Oh, we did. Just don't get it. This and movie I th- couldn't even decide if it wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that in between, and and I was I was looking at this before we got started, but what's really interesting is that between Friday the Thirteenth Part Nine, Jason Goes to Hell. And Jason X, between those two movies coming out, there was this little movie that came out in 1996, directed by Wes Craven, who also directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, This movie called Scream. And Scream is a movie which really sort of changed the horror genre as a whole, because it said, you know, we've seen all the Friday the 13th. We've seen, you know, people go have sex, do drugs, and they die. We're going to have characters that have seen these movies, know these tropes, and they're going to be smart about it. And if if we ever get a chance to watch Scream, I think you'll agree with me that that's a very smart movie. And because that movie came out and because it was so successful, it sort of changed where horror movies were going for a long time after it. And I think that this movie looked at Scream and said, oh, that had jokes in it. We're going to do the same thing that we did, but we're going to have jokes in it, not realizing that Scream was poking fun at them, not realizing that Scream was saying, no, this is all old school that doesn't need to be done anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fellas, I didn't enjoy this movie at all. (laughs) Not even a, a little bit. Like, there are so many just horrible lines, like, um when character whose name i don't even remember the names in this might not an air hole uh or a breach that would be that would be that would be janessa sure um as she's getting sucked out of this breach in the hole she says this sucks on so many levels on so many levels the full line the full line Uh, oh this sucks on so many levels so there was that one uh there was a guy who gets dropped on this giant corkscrew and they ask How's whatever character's name? Well, he's screwed. I'm just yeah. like, this isn't even a clever pun. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, my my personal favorite is uh, is when the doctor is saying, is trying to like reason with Jason Voorhees. And he's like, oh, oh, you, you just wanted your machete back. Dude, you can have it. And he turns to the kids and he's like, hey, guys. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Well, what do you think you wanted the machete back for, you idiot? Um, this is also a movie where this is also a movie where a guy gets stabbed in the gut twice, is still running around kicking, doing every doing all kinds of things, and then he still is not dead. His death scene involves him riding atop Jason Voorhees, plummeting to Earth, burning up in the atmosphere. I, it's it's hard for me to even look at this as like an actual like movie. Yeah. Um, if if this hadn't been something we all agreed to do because because. We're friends who enjoy doing these podcasts. I would have cut this movie off after about four minutes. I wouldn't have made it that far. Yeah, it, it, it was real bad from the get-go. I was like, buckle up. I had to 
man, it was like the next time I watch a Hallmark movie, I'm going to really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, uh, I, so, so listeners, just so y'all are aware, um, before we start off this month, I wrote up predictions of what everyone would think about these movies, um, as we went through and watched them. And, you know, for every single movie, I had these really long written out, uh, rationales for like what people would think the movies were or what their response to it would be when we got to jason x i said everyone who's on the podcast will hate this yeah and i think you were right yeah this is a this is a real real stinker doug <laughs> i think i think what's really funny about this movie though is is that people who watch who like friday the 13th fall into two sort of camps on this movie and one camp is like, no, we hate it because it makes Jason a joke as if Jason wasn't already a joke. But the other camp is like, no, we love it because it like it knows that it's stupid. And so it does all of this stuff. But the fact of the matter is that I think that this movie is. I don't think it's the sleaziest Friday the 13th movie. They're far sleazier. But uh, I think that this movie, you know, it. It sacrifices story, whatever small amount of story is in Friday the 13th movies. It it sacrifices that for really poor special effects and really poor jokes. Um, And I just, it's, it is a, it is a marvel to look at just how bad this movie is. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one thing I was reading, uh, apparently this was the first time that uh, the series used CGI effects uh, in place of practical effects for the murders. What's what's really interesting is that uh, when Friday the 13th came out originally, the first one, uh, Sean S. Cunningham, who created the, the first film, he just wanted to rip off Halloween. He wanted to rip off Halloween. And if you watch it, it's like very obvious they wanted to rip off Halloween. But the thing he wanted to do that would set him apart is he wanted to have really good practical gore. So for a long time, that was kind of what Friday the 13th's saving grace was, was like, we're just going to have really good gore effects. We're going to have really, really great uh, practical effects. And then they got to Jason X and they were like, ah, nah, nah, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do that. We're going to get the CG. We're going to save money. It was bad. Oh, it's awful. It's so bad. Is oh, the acting so any good in the other movies? Because it sucked in this one. I can't No, but... Is. No, but... Do y'all want to know whose film debut was Friday the 13th Part 1? I do want to know. Is a man by the name of Kevin Bacon. Mm. Bless his heart. And he also refuses to ever comment on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I, uh, I, I don't blame him. Oh, the first one's terrible. The first one's awful. It's so boring. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think, man, I, I just don't get the franchise. I don't get why Friday the 13th is so popular. Neither do I. I I will say though, I will say, um, Kane Hodder, who who plays Jason in this movie, he's the only actor to play Jason for more than one movie. 
this was the fourth time he played Jason. And every single interview that you watch with him, um, he's a very genial guy. Um, I, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about him. That's not really a saving grace of the movie. I just wanted to point out that, you know, you know, at least at least there's one person in this movie who is actually trying and actually cares about making a good film. He just, you I, know, I didn't do it. No, I'm yeah. look, look, it's literally <clears throat> like a grain of salt. Yeah. That's that's all it is. Uh, I'm going to skip our second bullet, bullet point and skip straight to this. Um, so we've kind of already been talking about this, but we've got these different like horror franchises, uh, Friday the 13th, not, or yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Uh, last year we watched the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, got to experience Freddy Krueger. How do y'all feel about Freddy Krueger specifically versus Jason Voorhees? Because that's the only one that all three of us can speak on. I mean, I think that you know, I think the big thing that separates Freddy Krueger from a lot of slasher villains is also the thing that makes him just better than other slasher villains, which is the fact that he talks. Like, I mean, I I think that I think that a silent killer does work at times, but at at one point it kind of becomes like just redundant Freddy Krueger you know he's he's awful but he's he's kind of a smart killer like he's he's kind of got some intelligence to what he does and I think that's why he's the he's my uh favorite of the slasher villains um it's been a year since the one time I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street but I remember uh, enjoying the fact that Freddy Krueger was actually um, legendary, sort of mythic, um, not just because of some mysterious, like he can't be killed thing, but because he he's in their dreams. He's actually a personification of nightmares. That's what I thought was interesting that, you know, a movie, <laughs> a movie like this has got to do something at least somewhat creative like that to, to catch my interest. And so I think Freddie did that. Jason, granted, this movie's my only real exposure, but I was like, what the heck am I watching? Like, this is just utter drivel. What is this? What, I mean, what is even the inspiration for this character? Like, I don't understand why he's been killed so many times and keeps coming back. They don't explain that in this movie. And <laughs> I mean, you can explain it to me, Doug but I'm not super motivated to, to try to even understand it because the whole thing just seems so dumb. If, if you would like for me to try and explain it to you, I can go for it. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back in the day, Jason, as a young boy, uh, a very deformed young boy, like everybody picked on him. He was bullied relentlessly and he goes to summer camp and he's drowned. Okay. So he's drowned. He's he's dead. Well, his mother, in order to avenge his death, goes on this massive killing spree at the summer camp where he drowned and died. That's Friday the 13th, part one. Part two, somehow, they never explain how, but somehow Palpatine has returned. Somehow, ah. somehow, 
Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees has returned, and he wants to go and avenge his dead mom. All right, so that's Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, and you think he's dead, but then you get to Part Three, and and he's 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 not dead. He's back, and in Part Three he gets a hockey mask, um, and then he gets an axe in his head, it, like a physical axe goes in his his brain. He's not dead. Um, part four, uh, part four, this little kid takes a machete, slices off the top of his head. He's dead. Part four, Frey, or not Frey Krueger, Jason Voorhees dies in part four of the movies. Part five, some guy just puts on a hockey mask and says, I'm Jason. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then part six, the little kid, okay, you guys stay with me. The little kid who chopped off Jason Voorhees' head in part four is now a grown adult and he's thinking, I want to make sure that Jason's dead. So he goes and digs up Jason's uh, corpse and he stabs him and he stabs him with a giant iron fence post and then, as you do, lightning strikes the light, the fence post and Jason Voorhees is reborn as a zombie. This is part six. From part six on, he's a zombie. Okay? Um, So then uh, part six, at the end of that, he gets uh, chained to a boulder and dropped at the bottom of a lake. Part seven, he gets chained to a boulder and dropped at the bottom of a lake. Part eight, (laughs) part eight, he dissolves in toxic waste and and reverts back into a little boy and dies. And then in part nine, okay, part nine, in the first five minutes of the movie, he's blown up. He's, he's blown to pieces, but his soul starts to inhabit other people. Um, and then he's reborn uh, as fully-fledged Jason. And then in this one, he's frozen in uh, cryostasis and launched into the, 20, into the 25th century. Um, oh, and by the way, in case you were curious, this movie has no connection to Freddy vs. Jason or the 2012 reboot of the franchise. That's well, that's Friday the 13th for you, buddy. Uh, my interest in the Friday the 13th franchise has just plummeted more and more and more as this it's, evening has gone on. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the fact that this franchise has stuck around for as long as it has... And I mean, I get it. Like the first movie was made for nothing and made a killing at the box office. And the same thing has been true for every single one of the movies. But I just do not get it. I don't get why they're popular. Like, like, like we talked about how this movie looks like a softcore porn at sometimes. Literally half the movies look like that. One of the movies was even directed by like a guy who had directed like pornos. Like, why is this a franchise? Why is it a thing? I will also say that this is the franchise that turned my mother off of horror movies entirely because of old Jason Voorhees. She refuses to watch horror movies. I can understand that. Yeah. It is what it is. Well, do you guys want to talk about the by far the most interesting part of this movie? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, listeners, I'm not going to tell you, 
this movie has no saving grace, but there is one throwaway line in this movie that I swear is the most creative thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, apparently in this timeline, apparently sometime in the future, there will be something referred to as the Microsoft conflict. And I'm assuming that like it, it will throw the world into utter chaos because like they talk about, they talk about like savagery that happens because of the Microsoft conflict. So, so fellas, I think the question is, what do you think the Microsoft conflict is? I've been thinking about this. Um, And it really hit me when you were going through the Friday the 13th movies earlier. So you remember how uh, you were talking about how a kid that cuts off Jason's head, digs him up and stabs him and he comes back to life as a zombie. So same kind of thing, but uh, it's Bill Gates going to dig up the body of Steve Jobs. Same thing, lightning strikes. Steve Jobs comes back as a zombie and now that he's back, he wants to take over Microsoft to get revenge on Bill Gates for trying to kill him again. And thus starts the Microsoft conflict. And it's all directed by David Fincher. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is that is the way. This is the way. Mm. All right, Elijah, do, do you have a do you have a theory? I couldn't possibly beat that zombie theory. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try because I've <laughs> I thought about this. Granted, granted, I'm stealing part of this from um from South Park. Okay. So in the very near future, uh, you know, right now we have the PS5 and the Xbox, what is it, one X, something like that. Or the Xbox Series X, okay. So the next generation of consoles, Bill Gates and the uh, heads of Sony are going to become so cutthroat and so greedy that they're going to actually hire hitmen to take each other out, okay? And, you know, Bill Gates is just one man, but he's a slippery man. He's, he's a slick dude. He's a slick dude. You can't get Bill Gates. So Bill Gates wipes out all of the Sony higher-ups. And then, and then, once it's been made public knowledge that Bill Gates is the reason that Sony ceases to exist, once that happens, there's a rift that forms in the public consciousness. Half of the people are on Bill Gates' side. They're like, they're like, yeah, we never even liked Sony. We never liked them. But the other half, oh, they're furious. They're so furious. And, you know, one thing leads to another. I just thought about this, so bear with me. So one thing leads to another, and Bill Gates brings about the mark of the beast. Um, and and now, now we're in end times, baby. We're we're like in full on end times. Uh, and you know, all of a sudden you have this war between the the between one group of people who thinks that they're more righteous than the other. Bill Gates owns everything. He's laughing and uh, cackling maniacally. He has like Jeff Bezos's skull like on his like throne as a pedestal. 
Um, no, 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 no. It's like a gavel. He just takes the skull and uses it as like a gavel. Um, but that's what I think the Microsoft conflict is. Hey, you might be right. They did say that they're living on Earth 2 because Earth 1 is just no good anymore. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Also, you know, I, I, I know that it's pretty clear to anybody who's listening, but, you know, just to clarify, yes, I did just insinuate the Bill guy, the Bill Gates might very well be the Antichrist. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, uh, Bill Gates, because I know you're listening. Um, Bill might actually be listening, full disclosure. Uh, these are all works of fiction, and uh, we here at Viner Media do not believe that you are the Antichrist or that you would ever desecrate the uh, remains of Steve Jobs. So uh, please don't sue us. Not not Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos. Oh, uh, I said Steve Jobs. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different so, story. So by your definition, Bezos. so by your definition, Mr. Gates, we do think that you might desecrate the remains of Jeff Bezos. Hmm. He's not. He's not debating it, Doug. He's he's not debating it. Okay, Go good ahead. to know. <laughs> Go ahead and get it. In good writing. to know. Well, fellas, I mean. What a time we have had. Y'all ready to score this sucker? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I recommended this movie. I think that uh, there are a lot of things in this movie that make me laugh fully ironically. Uh, All that being said, this movie sucks. Oh, it's so bad. And this franchise sucks. I don't get why it's a thing. Um, I'm going to give this movie a... 15 i'm gonna give it a 15 this movie sucks don't watch any of the friday the 13th movies i'm just gonna go on and say it don't watch them yeah honestly if you want to watch something watch crystal lake memories it's a seven hour documentary about all the movies it covers all the plot lines and like it's it's an easy watch (laughs) does it answer the big question of why Kind of. <laughs> okay. The mob was involved in the first like three movies. Interesting. Yeah. Still not gonna watch that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, do you want to know the number that my gut told me to give this movie? Yes, of course. Four. Very nice. <laughs> this Very is nice. one of the worst piece of trash movies I've ever seen. Hey, that's not in me. Um, really oh yeah hot diggity dang so uh when i paused to uh so we could figure out what our scores were i asked what the lowest i could give it was uh and uh, that's exactly what i'm going to give this i do not have any redeeming quality to say about this movie uh so for the first time in setting the skein history i'm going to give this movie a one dang and yeah. this, this, my friends, is why we need to watch horror movies on this podcast. <laughs> because yeah. this will get us this low. Ooh. Anyway, uh, after plugging that into our patented scorometer. That uh, gives us a final score of 6.67. This movie sucks. <laughs> Good Lord. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah this is a bad 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 movie oh yes oh my gosh that's insane well fellas you know this is 
this is the second year in a row where I've gotten to just have a lot of fun for a month and orchestrate an entire month's worth of, uh, of horror movies. And, you know, I just, I'm curious, what was your favorite one of the month? What was, I know what your least favorite one of the month was, but, uh, but yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts? Um, in terms of favorite, I would probably say Dr. Sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that I enjoyed The Exorcist. I understand that, like, I, I can appreciate it, but yeah. I wouldn't watch it again. Um, Dr. Sleep, I would probably watch again. Yeah, I would say The Exorcist is the one that left the biggest impact on me. <laughs> um, I didn't see Dr. Sleep, but I'm guessing had I seen it, it would probably be my favorite on the list. Um I mean, that leaves Jennifer's Body and Host, and I didn't love either one of those movies. Yeah, I, I honestly can't tell you a thing that happened in either one of them. <laughs> I, can, I can remember some, some lines in Jennifer's Body that were almost as bad as some of the final lines of characters in this movie we just watched. I don't know that I agree with that, but okay. I mean, Jennifer's Body was definitely a better movie than Jason X. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think, I think this month, Dr. Sleep is easily my favorite. Um, I think it's very interesting that uh, this month um, I had the opportunity to watch a movie I'd never seen before. And <clears throat> much like Jason X, I don't get why The Exorcist is such a big deal. I really don't. I, I do not get it. Um, but, you know, that's, a, that's our October. That's setting the scream 2021 and the books boys all right are, are you gonna let me pick horror movies again next year <laughs> oh i mean no the rest of us know anything about horror movies so uh, <laughs> yeah I would, I would just like to say i would just like to say aside from host and dr sleep because we all agreed on dr sleep but jason x and uh the exorcist were voted on by the guys so i would just like to point that out listeners um and and uh you know for for our lucky winner who was able to find all of the screams this month uh remember to sh- to uh, just message us uh do they need to message us with the time codes for those ben yeah and you know we we know we know what's what life's like so i don't really think that there's a uh, there's an expiration date on any of this uh, so, you know, whenever you find all the screams, go on, message us the time codes, and we will get you that autographed picture of me. Not necessarily my autograph, but an autographed picture of me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what are we watching next week? That's actually a really good question. Um, and I can't read the note right here. We're watching a movie called FM. So I believe Tristan's dad recommended this. Uh, okay. But... Uh, there's a couple movies called FM. I'm going to assume it's the one that was made in 1978. Uh, uh, let me just read this description. Uh, when a liberal music station's owners decide to introduce army recruitment ads despite the protests of its managers, the rebellious DJs are determined to fight back no matter the cost. That's definitely the movie that we're watching next week. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. There is uh, a 100% chance that's the movie we're watching next week. Yeah, the other one came out in 2018. 
2010 or 2009. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It'll be something. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but in the meantime, be sure to keep up with all the cool stuff that Vider Media is doing. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Vider Media. Uh, we've got new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday. And Doug, are we, are we finally getting some tea soon? I've got some news for you folks. Huh. Uh, this episode is going to come out on the 28th, I think. 27th. 28th, 29th, something 27th. like that. 27th. Uh, this episode is going to come out on the 27th. Um, I will have some, I will have an official announcement about tea this coming Monday. Um, and then in two weeks, November 8th, we're about to spill some tea once again. Right on. So, so tea is officially coming back. Not like at the beginning of August when I said it was coming back. It's now coming back. Sounds good. Well, until next week, uh, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And this has been Setting the Screen. Y'all have a great week and have a happy Halloween.